legendary blues man has been a constant in my life for the better part of five decades. And while I've been profoundly touched by musicians across a wide range of styles, B.B. King is unique among them as a player who overwhelms me with emotion almost every time I hear him. Foremost among the rush of feelings I experience is gratitude for the man who wore the crown of King of the Blues with dignity and purpose for 60 years. Or perhaps in keeping with a person who embodied such majesty, it's more fitting to say he wore it for a lifetime, as even his descriptions of a childhood spent orphaned and farming in Jim Crow, Mississippi, are imbued with a sense of wonder and equanimity. Among the giants of American music, King impresses me as one of the few who never needed a second act, though he certainly benefited by a second audience. B.B. began his ascendancy in 1951 with his number one hit, Three O'Clock Blues, but his popularity was driven mostly by thousands of personal appearances and critically acclaimed concert recordings, which conveyed a perfected celebration of the blues as cultural spectacle. Long after he was hailed as the most influential blues guitarist of all time, he continually worked at developing greater mastery of the instrument he personified as Lucille. More importantly, King grew as a figure who understood that success meant taking on the role of cultural ambassador. In this regard, his models included the Royals of Jazz, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, and Nat King Cole, for they were no comparable figures in blues, and to this day, meaning for all time, no other blues man will come close to attaining the stature of the king. However, even this soulful icon of the blues saw his popularity among African Americans begin to decline in the 60s. I fell between the cracks of fashion, he said in his memoir. But serendipity was a career-long companion of King's, and as one audience receded, another came to the fore. When whites began discovering the blues in the mid-60s, King made his transition to new venues and demographics without compromising the spectacle or his role as its conjurer. Many other blues men and women made the leap too, but few had B.B.'s gift for maintaining the music's ecstatic power and for making every club, arena, and student union feel as down home as the Chitlin circuits. Beginning in 1969, I saw B.B. dozens of times and was never less than awestruck. King's repertoire was fairly constant, so even blues-loving friends sometimes asked why I kept going, but that's like asking people why they go to church every week. There are just some verities worth attending to ritually and continually. To anyone who asked if I recommended they see him, I answered that it should be regarded as a cultural duty. With B.B.'s death, the blues light is now dimmed. It's been flickering for decades, but King's high profile helped assure that the world remained aware of blues as the creation of blacks and the bedrock of African-American music. In other words, of American music. White musicians, many of whom earned his imprimatur, have increasingly become the face of the music, but as long as B.B. was on the road, he was its unrivaled standard bearer. Maybe that's what kept him out there so long. Alas, we've now lost our king.